When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects to Pros, presented by Vesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. I am your host, Nate Tice. As always, we are having a fun one today because we have an updated big board from Dane Brugler himself, and we are going to go over some of the highlights, some superlatives, risers, fallers, all the fun stuff. And to help me do it, it's the one who wrote it, the guy whose brain this comes from, Mr. Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? I'm doing good. We're, we're taping this in the middle of uh, trade deadline action uh, right before the deadline. But So Montez Sweat just went to the mm-hmm. Bears. That's interesting for a, a high second-round pick. High second Ryan Poles just doesn't like his second-round picks, apparently. Uh, <laughs> second year in a row. But I tell you what, it's interesting that uh, I don't think the Bears' ownership and um, – you know, I don't. I don't think they let Ryan Poles make this move unless he's back as GM. Oh, yeah. You know, so right. I think that that's this another offshoot of this trade is. I think I maybe I'm overlooking or I'm, I'm I'm kind of looking at this the wrong way, but I Ryan Poles probably back in the offseason. and you know with uh, yeah they gave him a high second round pick, but with two potential top five picks, the Bears still sit in a power position when it comes to the draft, even if they. Uh, wanted to trade back with one of those picks. You're going to get back those second-round pick plus more. So Bears, are, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to give up. It's a high price, but mm-hmm. and Montez Sweat, they're going to pay him. You, they've, they've been missing that stud pass rusher. We'll see how it works out. He And he's a scheme fit for the Bears, too, because, you know, uh, Iberflus likes if he's back. You know, that's yeah. so, it's so Big in if. flux. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense for his scheme, too, as far as, like, pushing the mm-hmm. pocket and rushing four and all that kind of stuff. So – uh, four down, I should say. Um, but that is, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This is, and also this is a move that to me at first, it's like, it was a fair price. That's exactly what I thought Sweat would go for. So like a second rounder. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, with someone like the Bears, that's like a move that it's like they feel more good about like this. Like it feels like we're like where their lines were at maybe the last couple of years. We're like, hey, they're building towards something. There's a lot of positive right. signs here. The bear season's been just all over the place, like mostly negative. So this feel this move kind of felt more like, hey, this is another step in the right direction to to what we have. And we're all in on fields and we're gonna use those high top picks on a tackle and a receiver. And it's like, you know, it's just like it's mixed messages coming from Chicago. So I think that was really interesting. Not where I thought Sweat would end up. I thought there was a lot of good fits for him. There's still some good fits for Chase Young. So I'm curious. And you're talking about ownership kind of signing off on that. That's a great point because that came up in potentially in a Derrick Henry trade from the Titans. Mm-hmm. Was that the sound sounded like the whispers, anyways? That uh, the ownership was like, no, <laughs> he st- he remains a Titans, uh, remains a Titan, even if uh, we, the GM wants to trade him and there's other teams that want to take him on. Right. Well, and with Kevin Warren coming in as president of the Bears, you thought, okay, maybe there's a chance, you know, we, we could see a change at GM. But yeah. yeah, again, if they make this move now, I mean, you don't expect a team like the Bears with where they're at to be buyers at no. the deadline. 
But this is a move, obviously, not for this year. This is for the long term. This yep. is what they're building towards. And I think they're going to give Ryan Poles a chance to uh, continue his vision. And that kind of brings us to the top 50 because, like I said, the Bears might have two top five picks. And this is a draft that we've got quarterbacks at the top. And... Might have a change. Uh, it, it, my, I, this, and to, to be fair, okay. So my first top fifty yeah. came out in August. Um, yep. I I always wait until I'll write it around Halloween. I want to get two months of tape. I don't want this yep. to be a we're reacting to every single week, every single game. Two months of tape. All right, now it's time to update this top fifty. And got plenty of risers, plenty of fallers um, compared to what we had in August. Seventeen new names um, from the preseason. Uh, most of those in the back half of this. Uh, I think there's only, only one in the front half of the, in the top 25. Uh, but yeah, there is a new number one on my top 50. And uh, a, a guy that I know uh, you're very high on as well. I was stunned to see that name. But I, I maybe had an inkling of what that name <laughs> is. Do you, do you want to share who your new number one is in the updated big board, Dane Brugler's big board, uh, as of Halloween 2023? It, it is Drake May, North Carolina quarterback. He is also yes. the new quarterback one um, for me. And look, I think this boils down to, it, it, first of all, I want to say it's more about Drake than it is about Caleb. Um, yep. More about being more, just May from the pocket. I feel a lot more confident and comfortable with him winning from the pocket than I do with Caleb. And I, I think I think Caleb Williams gets beat, beat up too much. And part of that is because of the, outsized expectations like we talked about last week. But I do think that there are, when he has to put that superhero cape on, you know, because he feels like he has to, when he does, that's, there are a lot of mistakes that happen. And, you know, he leads the entire, all of college football, 12 fumbles so far. He had only six last year. So already has double the number of fumbles this year. Um, you know, the, against Notre Dame, those three interceptions, um, an up and down game against Utah. I still think he did a lot of really good things on that tape, but uh, some moments that, you know, you just, you, you have question marks, um, you know, same thing against Cal, which again, he played a good game. He had plenty of explosive plays, but uh, you know, you do, there, there are some elements of doubt that creep into your mind when you watch him and you see him being forced to create some, most times he has to, not always, but you know, most times he has to, uh, but this is more about Drake May. This is more about a guy that I feel comfortable winning from the pocket. I feel comfortable with him as a scrambler. He is the most, out of all these quarterbacks, McCarthy and uh, Shadur and Caleb, and I mean, all these quarterbacks that I've scouted for this class, he is the most efficient, productive scrambler in the group. He only does it when he needs to, and when he needs to, he usually gets first downs. He is very smart and productive when he does it. And then his arm is just, it's fantastic. Um, he is one of the best quarterbacks in this class in drop eight situations. I mean, if you don't blitz him, if you don't get home, uh, he is going to pick you apart because there is not a window too small that he is not afraid to, to go test. And more times than not, he can win because he has that arm and he's an accurate player. So, Drake May, I I think he's cut from the same cloth as Justin Herbert. Um, I, I there are still a few more reckless decisions than you want to mm -hmm. see. This is a young quarterback figuring things out. I will take the aggressive decision making uh, as more of a strength than a weakness. The timing, the fact that he's doing it with 
you know, take his top two receivers from last year. That's 100 over 180 targets yeah. from last year. And Downs is new- playing well right now as a pro. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's not like he's a nobody. <laughs> he's got a new cast of characters this yep. year. And I mean, Tez Walker didn't even play his first game in a North right. Carolina uniform until uh, October a few weeks ago. And you already see that instant chemistry and that timing. Um, you know, and it's funny that he moves up to number one on the heels of back-to-back losses for North right. Carolina. But when you watch those games, you don't come away thinking, man, Drake May is the reason they lost these games. I mean, you're coming away. He has more big-time throws against Virginia and Georgia Tech than he did against some of his, you know, quote-unquote better games earlier this year that were wins. So, no, I've been so impressed with Drake. And I, I, obviously, I loved him over the summer. He was, I called it a 1A, 1B situation. Yep. Now, I just, I, I again, it's that comfort level winning from the pocket. I feel a little bit better about Drake. And in, not nothing against Caleb. I still think he's a high-level prospect. Right. Uh, if you have a high pick in this draft, I think you there, there's a little more risk involved. But I still think that you can feel comfortable that the attainable upside is something you can get excited about and be optimistic about. But I lean Drake May right now with, you know, this is, okay, we're, Turning the calendar to November, still have plenty of ways to go. But where we are right now, I feel better about Drake May as quarterback one and at the top of this uh, top 50. I mean, you you nailed all of it. <laughs> this is why I've really enjoyed watching May. I, I can't believe how many North Carolina games I've watched this year. And it's <laughs> right? just, just, I mean, you you hit it on the head just bringing up his his pass catchers. It's, it's all him. Like, it's him creating these throws and him putting the ball on the money. And, you know, they have their run game is strong because defenses are just terrified of him mm-hmm. whipping the ball. And like you said, you have to be good against drop eight. You have to push the ball. And so he's willing to do it. And that's already good to see. And you already brought up the point of, you know, he can be aggressive and sometimes, you know, maybe try a little too much. And he has gotten better at it. And I've always kind of said I'd much rather have that and trying to get it out of a guy. So or hone it in and go only at, you know, break glass in case of emergency moments. Do you do that? As opposed to the other way where you're like eking out any try to mm. try to get any explosive out of it. So you you nailed it, though. His accuracy at all three levels uh i mean just even when he throws quick game or rpos it just ball comes out quickly and accurately and even if the and just a consistent zip and he can layer throws over the middle he just does all the things i mean i love from quarterback prospects and he's maybe by when this is all said and done for me anyways like i'm gonna have him as one of my highest grade quarterbacks ever like i really am not i'm not better than trevor but up there and no. I, I, well, and I, I gave you a pretty- lot of credit. I, I give you credit, my friend. You, you from the start were uh, Drake May quarterback one. So was, I, I give you a ton so of credit for that. I appreciate and- it. But but you said one A one B, and that's why I want to get to the Caleb stuff too. Is yeah. that I watched, finally watched the Utah game, uh, all twenty two wise, and the Notre Dame game of all twenty two all twenty two wise, and watching those games. And there's so much where you just don't want to ding Caleb. It's what we talked about last week. Whether it's the offense, it's a can't or won't thing. Is it, can you not do it or are they just not calling? Right. They won't call it. And that's what I don't want to ding him because then you see the flashes and you see the accuracy and see the zip on that he could put on the ball throwing off platform. It's like, all right, yeah, there's blemishes. There's more risk to Caleb than people had, people were glossing over at first, mm-hmm. but it's still a guy that I'm grading as a true lottery pick first round quarterback, like true yeah. top 10 guy. So it's not a dink. So like you said, it's more what May has done and maybe just Caleb has not approved upon, but it doesn't mean that what Caleb has shown already doesn't mean him that he drops out of the first round. He's to me is exactly right. where you have him, which I believe you have him at number three right now uh, right. overall. And that's because Marvin Harrison Jr. is 
That's at it. number two, which is not, I don't think will change. <laughs> I wanted to, I, well, I wanted to put him at one to be honest with you, but I just I, I don't the quarterback, quarterback premium, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's tough, and yeah, that's. But yeah, Caleb, I mean, he's not going to fall that far. And, and no. I wouldn't even call it a, a fall necessarily. It's just uh, because honestly, all these top three players been saying it. I, I'll be shocked if they're not the top three players drafted. Yep. Um, I, I with Caleb, you're like all these rookie quarterbacks, all these first year quarterbacks. No matter what we think of them coming in, you know, there's you're always kind of nervous. You're, there's almost an anxiety with these guys because NFL speed is just different, and it is the the way they adapt to that, how long it takes. I know with Caleb, obviously there's risk involved, but I you're going to bet on his talent, and mm-hmm. I, I think that because the bar was set so high with him, like you know, yeah. I, again the word generational and. You know, the, he was put up on this pedestal that every little mistake is scrutinized that I don't think happens with every other quarterback. Exactly. So, you know, I think that uh, a lot of these times when he's holding the ball too long, it's because he has to because he they're getting home with the front four. The yep. receivers aren't getting open. You know, so the I, I think are that running wrong routes. I, right. The they're not getting game, depth. First yeah. half, there's at least four or five busts. And it's like, how do I right. dog? How am I going to ding Caleb and get on him if like? He can't read anything out. Two guys are running the that's wrong it. route. He can't do, and that's I can it. just tell that, like, because they stop running. <laughs> it's like right. that's how I can tell. So it's yeah. I'm sorry. It, yeah, and it's it's exactly not right. no. And I, you're exactly right. And that's what I think people are. You, you know, that's say that's an excuse when it's no. That's just the context of playing the quarterback yeah. position. You're dependent on play calling, scheme, yes. talent around you, yes. blocking. I mean, it's a very dependent position. Traits. Yep. Right. And, and that's and, and that's what you're betting on with Caleb. I think it's with the bar set so high, it can be easy for people to call him overrated after a mistake. But let's not lose sight of his tremendous strengths as yes. a player, because yes. that is something that can really differentiate himself. Uh, he's yep. got an above average arm, like you said, natural feel for accuracy. Yep. And then his ability to weaponize his creativity is something that really separates him. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I'm still Contact again balance burst like he yeah. can get away. Oh, his like, balance is uncanny. It, 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 as a runner, as a passer, it's, it's almost strange. Like it's like, how yeah. are you keeping your? He he wobbles like a weeble. Like he just won't go down. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets bumps and then he right. gets forward and he just gets up and it's like, whoa! He didn't and he doesn't need to like there. reset himself. It's like no. a, just it's just automatic. It just yeah, it's it yeah. is it is weird. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so yeah. I I will if I have the number one pick, I am taking Drake May. But if I have the number two pick, I still feel really good about taking a chance on a Caleb Williams because of that talent and what he can bring to my offense. So, yeah, it's uh, where I'm at. And and I think these are the conversations that teams are going to have between now and April. There's not going to be a clear cut number one. There's going to be because these quarterbacks require so much context Mm -hmm. that it's going to be really fascinating to see this whole thing play out. Teams, it, it's gonna be different from team to team and yeah. decision maker to decision maker. You so, never know when a GM or a coach or an yeah. owner loves a guy. Like you that's never it. know if that the that's influence it. that can have on it all. So yeah, that's that's a yeah. very and, important and thing. To your point about like where he would like a Drake May will rank when it's all said and done with the rest of these quarterbacks. I, for me, Joe Burrow's the top quarterback I've I've ever watched. And then, but I, I would do it almost like tiers. You know, like yeah. Joe Burrow's yeah. to me is on a tier by himself. But that second tier. I think Trevor Lawrence is in there. I think I think both these guys uh, could finish on that second tier. Right. As you know, I don't I don't know I don't. It's hard to necessarily rank them on that tier, but as a as a tier where you could see these guys, there's a clear path to these guys being special in the NFL. Yeah. Um, it's not a fail safe projection by any means, no, but they're, you can see bats. the talent. 
Yes. Absolutely. And it wasn't hard to see why you would bet on a Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it's very hard to see why you would bet on either one of these two guys. I I always think it's the star starter bench bust thing. And so it's like a percentage Mm -hmm. of each. And I think May and Williams, they have that a bigger chunk of star than you know than they do the other <laughs> the other sections right. the, or other categories so getting outside that top three which i agree with you are just it's such a fun offensive class because we'll get into some defensive talk i'm sure as it goes along because at four you have brock bowers and then you have a couple tackles right after that and olaf Fashanu from uh, penn state and joe alt from notre dame so nothing really changed there maybe joe alt bumped up a little bit um and then maybe bowers yep. just kind of bowers just a couple spots right but still very very high uh, what what was his injury again? And does it seem like he is he got tightrope surgery, didn't he? Yeah, ankle. Okay. So ankle. He he theoretically should be back at some point right. this year. Uh, there's a thought, you know, he could if he wanted to shut it down, but he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He's Seems like we will yeah. see him in a Georgia uniform again. Um, it's just a matter of when. Will it be SEC title game? Will it be yeah. you know in, for the playoffs? Georgia, you know, they sure seem like they're on that trajectory. Um. But let's, let's let's get away from the order real yeah. quick. There's a couple other Georgia offensive players that made the cut. Uh, it, well, and Marius Mims, the, the yeah. tackle who's been out with the same ankle injury. Um, I, he was. I made a big bet on him in the preseason, betting on those traits. At, it was. was a, it I thought five. that was a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and, and I, 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 it was hard to figure out how far to drop him just because we haven't we haven't seen right. him. Um, so I, he, he's still in the top 20. I'm still going to make mm-hmm. those bets on this player. Cause I think, I think NFL fair. teams will, he, the traits are off the charts. Yep. Um, we just need to see him on the field and, you know, we'll see what kind of NFL decision he makes after this, uh, season was such a, a light resume. Um, but two others, uh, I want to talk about, and they just snuck in at the back end of this top 50, two new players that were not on the initial top 50, Lad McConkey, wide receiver, who is the 10th receiver on this <laughs> top 50. Uh, and then Carson Beck. Uh, you know, you talked a lot about Great Tyler Van Dyke call. last week. Carson Beck's kind of my Tyler Van Dyke, you know, yeah. you, what you were talking about. Beck is, uh, it, it's funny, when you compare his stats through eight games to Stetson Bennett. I mean, Stetson Bennett was not the same type of NFL prospect. Right. But obviously, he's he was a Heisman finalist. He was a national championship winning quarterback twice. <laughs> like they're letting Beck throw it as much, if not more, than than Bennett. I mean, they are relying on Beck is not a caretaker where he's just handing the ball off. Right. He is. They're relying on him to win football games. And even with Brock Bowers out, Carson Beck is still dealing. So I I gave him a low end starter grade at this point. We still only have eight starts from him work in progress if he did come out i think he would be in that in that top 50 mix so he did make the cut at 50 then like i mentioned lad mcconkey who uh is he's the type of guy that when he walks off the bus you're just kind of like yeah you know like not not, nothing to get excited (laughs) about he's 511 buck 85 but then you see him on the field you see the ball speed oh my gosh he's just a good football player he's awesome i love him so i'm so glad that you see see it feel outside yeah Yeah. he is he kind of uh he missed like the first month of the season and then he's been working his way back into the offense the last few weeks and he had his quote-unquote breakout game against florida with 134 receiving yards uh more than half of those after the catch uh but he's so competitive um at the catch point um, like I was saying, after the catch, he is a dangerous weapon. Um, and he just, he, he's hard to cover. So yep. again, that size scares you a little bit, um, going up against NFL corners, 
but you got to cover them. And mm-hmm. that's not an easy task. So Ladd McConkey, the 10th receiver to make the cut here in this top 50. 10 receivers. Oh, I can't wait to it kinda, it's, it's like two years ago when we had, uh, that was the, we had six in the top 25 mm-hmm. and then we had 10 total in the top 50. Um, you know, that with, uh, you know, like your guy, Alec Pierce and, yeah. um, uh, he's coming along last couple of weeks. He's coming <laughs> along. I was about to sell him all my stock <laughs> in him. So he, he bought, he brought me back in, but yeah. Well, yeah, George Pickens but, was up there, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, oh, he might've been just, just outside. Out of, the he was just 50. outside. I, yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like Sky Moore, but yeah, Sky there were, Moore. there were, I think exactly 10 in that year's top 50. So I think this year could be similar if all these underclassmen yeah. come out. Cause these are all, all 10 of these guys are underclassmen. Yep. Um, not a single senior in the group. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a really interesting wide receiver group. Uh, obviously, a stud at the top with Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. but then even wide receiver two uh, is tough. Um, you know, I I lean Keon Coleman. Uh, he came in at number eight, so a top ten guy on this uh, top fifty. But week from him, oh my goodness! Yeah, it, look, he played a good corner player. at Wake Forest and Carson, um, I, who I think I considered in this top fifty. Like he is a good player. He's a future NFL starter at corner, and Coleman, yeah. A couple touchdowns against them. I mean, he's just a, especially that that one. What was it like a, it was a swing screen? Or I can't remember exactly the play, but his you just don't expect a guy that size to be as fast as he is, and it's instant right. speed. The way he can accelerate, it's it just it forces. Think. Yes. it really is, and it forces defenders to take just to misjudge their angles, and you do that, and it could be six, and that's that's what happened for Coleman. Oh no! But and you, you're bringing up Lad and it's Lad. I'm going to be saying, <laughs> just can't believe his name is Lad. That's uh, great. But it's that his size and build was what so many of the receivers last class were last year's class, and mm-hmm. or I should say this year's 2023's class. And that's what it's so fun about these top guys right now. I mean, of course, you know Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. has got great size and everything, but. I mean, Keon Coleman's a true X. Rome, uh, Adunze, you have at eleven overall. You're receiver yeah. three, but I, I mean, feels I, a little high, but I, you know, I don't. Hate I don't it. know, like, man. I, I think all three of these guys. Obviously, Harrison yeah. Jr. is a top five pick, easy. But yeah. I, these other two, I see as true lottery pick receivers, and that mm-hmm. that I'm a, I usually only give that to X's guys that I right. think can be a true outside guy, and I think these guys are. So I see, and they've done nothing, nothing when I watch them to like make me. They all they do is get better. It seems like every week I watch them. I'm like, yeah, now they do, they're doing this. So I, right. I love that. Any other receivers move up for you, or any down, or any kind of new names that I think that was it, really it for the receiver class. Uh, Malik Neighbors is right around right there where too, I had yeah. him. It, I mean, he I think I had him, um, yeah, him at, uh, fourteen in the t- initial top fifty. Now he's thirteen. So yep. I mean, right right there. Um, after him, yeah, he's I mean, Ibuka. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, he's. I, there's only two receivers in college football that have at least 880 receiving yards and at least nine touchdowns. It's him and Marvin Harrison. So I mean, it's just it really That's you love odd. the production. Um, you, yeah, it's, it's so much better than when like trying to sell a guy like Alec Pierce. There, he has like 600 <laughs> yards. It's like, well, you're projecting here. These guys are right. such easier sells. <laughs> they uh, score and they can run. It's great. Speaking of Washington receivers, uh, I had to include Jalen Polk in here. I'm glad um, you did. That's a great call. He made it in the top 40. I don't I, – I'm curious what he's going to run, like just how fast he is, but I think he's fast enough. And mm-hmm. I, the way he can uh, win at the catch point, his catch radius is awesome. Um, I I'm just – I really like Jalen Polk. I think he – I think he, you know, I think that offense will – 
that scheme will help these guys, these receivers, but I still feel like they're winning on their own. Uh, and they're both. asking them real routes. That's the thing. It's it's yeah. a very high powered offense and everything, but it's not game. But it's not just a bunch of bubble. I mean, there are some bubbles, but it's not just bubble, 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 slant, 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 bubble, bubble, slant, slant. And they're breaking the tackle, right. and scoring. It's like posts and double moves and and glances and corners. You know, I'm not sure throw a bunch of jargon out there, but it's just that they're real routes that translate. So I, well, I get what you I get what you mean. They're trying to parse through that, but it's. It translates right. well, I think. Well, and th- this week, you know, finalizing this, okay, is Polk going to make it or not? I'm watching the Arizona State tape and, you know, the last few games. And by the way, I don't – that Washington offense, uh, the Washington as a whole has really struggled these last two games. Yeah. Really uh, different team than we saw against Oregon. But it was on the Arizona State tape. It was in, the, I believe, the first quarter. Uh, he – it was a, just a good example of his route running to get open at the sticks and move the chains. I mean, he was doing it – uh, often. So it wasn't just splashy, big, big plays where, mm-hmm. you know, on go routes, things like that. I mean, he is getting open on his own and he is a really reliable target. So I just, I, 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 I there are, what are the reasons not to include a Jalen Polk in your top 40? I just, I don't have them. I love so, them. uh, that, that's why I made it. I know when we broke those guys down, it, it was you know, such a fun group. Um, and I, uh, Derek Klassen had a fun way to kind of describe Polk. He's like, he's like, all right, if I could done He's the Diet Coke version of that. And I was like, yep, that's perfect. Yeah. He's like, yeah, like the 80 to 90% version of that, but still that's so how high he is. Good so size, I, yep, good, good speed. Size. Does everything right. well, checks every box. It's like, yeah, this guy to me mm-hmm. looks like a, a real good number two type, which is what he is right now with this offense. So it's awesome. Well, to and there, are three, there are three teams, three college programs that have two receivers uh, just, with nope, Ohio nice. State. I mean, let's not forget how good Ibuka is, even though we yep. haven't seen him here uh, almost a month now. Um, hopefully, uh, Buckeyes get him back here, here soon. Just he's just a fun player to watch. Uh, mentioned Washington and then LSU uh, with Malik Neighbors and then Brian maybe, Thomas. Maybe the biggest riser um, compared to just our thoughts preseason. Brian Thomas. Uh, yeah. Look, I think it's as simple as this: he's big, he's strong, and he can run. Like uh, <laughs> it, it's not any mystery why he is ranked this high. So, are, do you have his measurables? Uh, or I mean, officials. He, he, not not official, not verified, okay. but he's listed, you know, 6'4", uh, I believe he's 205, um, and I think he's going to run well. He leads the FBS in receiving touchdowns with 11. Um, you don't see many drops on his film. Yeah. I just, I don't think there's a huge gap between what he offers and what Neighbors offers. I think it's just, it's a little bit different. It's just what kind of receiver are you looking for? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, big Brian Thomas fan, and I think he's put himself into that, that first round discussion. Another fun offense to watch and they got a trigger man right now that's just winging it credit Jaden daniels that's <laughs> yes. it speaking of daniels he did make it too so he did uh, you were talking about that he might so yeah, yeah uh, i think are, he, he's so the he top quarterback five for you yes quarterback five. yeah i think he's the top senior um yeah. quarterback that i've done so far I'm, i think he's he i put him in the same you know, him and beck i mean they're both low-end starter grades right now yeah. uh but you know what they're Starter grades, and this so is right where I would where I would have Daniels. So I like yeah, late second, I, early third. That's the kind of how I graded him. So what you're saying right now makes total sense. You, you just love how he gets better and better. I mean, he he put on quality yep. stuff on the Arizona State tape, but then yep. he was better last year, first year at LSU, and he's even better this year, uh, LSU. And it, it's we talked about him a little bit last week, but it, it's not just what he, he's a he's a true dual threat. But it's not just what he does with his legs. It's how comfortable and confident he is from the pocket. It's really impressive to see. Uh, he leads all of FBS with 49 completions of 20 plus yards. Um, I just, I, there's a lot to like about Daniels as a, 
uh, you know, you think about like like Desmond Ritter, you know, like you know what he's been able to do. I think I like Jane Daniels a little bit better than I liked uh, like a like a, a Desmond Ritter, like That's that kind of style of quarterback. Though. Yeah, I, I think I think I get a little bit more with Daniels, but it's uh yeah, he, he, he's an interesting quarterback, to say the least. Yeah, that's that's that tier of guy where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. I could see this guy starting, and you might get a little more out of him than you think. Like It's right. like a spot starter, and then it's like, at worst, you get this high-end backup or a backup that you're comfortable with over the years. So like that's I I kind of see the same way uh, with these guys. Like the And then so at quarterback three, you still have J.J. McCarthy uh, yeah. from Michigan. And kind of that's about the same spot that you had in August, give or take or uh, over. Right. Yeah. Mid first round ish yep. range. Um, I mean, up to this point, he's done nothing to really change that opinion. Right. Talked about last week. It, yeah, right. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of the well. same. <laughs> yeah. He's playing well. Um, I don't know that he's truly been tested, but, um, excited to see what November brings for him because when he, you know, have to go to Penn state, you've got Ohio state coming to town. Um, not to mention all the stuff swirling around that program. Uh, you know, it's you, how well can you block it out and go out there and make plays? I think it's also worth mentioning that is the run game hasn't been as explosive as maybe we thought it would be. The offensive line has been good, but not great. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as much as we like their depth, I don't, I don't think you look at any of these guys and say, oh, this is a, you know, a top 50 pick. Right. Um, so I, I think that it's the Michigan offense, you know, with everything going on with the, the sign stealing and all that, it's, it, it's a very, um, interesting conversation to have but until they play penn state and ohio state you know it's not really worth a conversation worth having so um yeah he's still kind of in that that mid first round spot for me at quarterback three yep and then the last quarterback in your top 50 is Shadur sanders from colorado he's your quarterback for 24 overall uh and yeah and we had a little conversation about him uh last week but anything you want to kind of add or or like explain the grade I, i guess would be a good way to put it yeah, it's with that offensive line. It's I mean, watching him against UCLA, <laughs> oh it, it was God, just kind of like get the ball out or take a hit. I mean, yep. it's it's really hard to live that way. Um, I would love. To, it's obviously not going to happen with with Coach Prime there, but I would love to see him enter the transfer portal and go to like Oregon next year. I mean, yeah. what if he does? He's the instant Heisman favorite. Right. Oregon's a national title contender. I mean, they already are, but add a talent like that, of course. I mean, that'd be so much fun. Um, but obviously it's more about can coach prime bring in the guys for the offensive line and he's going to lose some targets. So adding some more firepower on that offense. And that's if Shador comes back, you know, yeah. I, I think that's, there's an NFL decision to be had. Uh, speaking of, uh, there was one more quarterback, Quinn Ewers. He did. Oh, Quinn. Uh, yep. Yeah. He did fit it towards the end. And he's a guy that again, has an incomplete grade. We talked about it last week. Yeah, it's I, I, I like it's Quinn Ewers. Still there's TBD a lot of talent me. there. <laughs> yeah. Just I just, I need I to see more. Out. I, ideally i would love to see him go back to school i want to see him get more experience and just become a more streamlined quarterback so um him it sounds like he's gonna be out this weekend um against kansas state which is unfortunate kansas state's a good team uh but hopefully we see him back here in in a week or two and a chance to kind of pick off or pick up where he left off yeah and then you actually have a uh, texas receiver do you have uh both of them up here nope just one uh, what texas just one yep uh, yeah uh uh uh, wide receiver nine and who would that be Uh, of the texas group i should say yeah uh, adina mitchell i mean he's he's tough because i you you could see how talented he is i mean he is six four probably just under 200 pounds long flexible athlete you love how loose he moves, mm-hmm. but then you also see how loose he is with his technique and yep. his routes, and it's like, uh, and then his play strength is below average, um, and it just, 
he should be more dominant than he is. Um, you know, with his, the, he doesn't get as many catches. He had two touchdowns against BYU uh, on Saturday, but I, I still expect him to be more dominant. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's just part of the offense. Maybe I'm dinging him too much, but uh, Mitchell should be a more dominant receiver than what we see on tape. And uh, you know, I because of that, I couldn't go higher than I yeah. have him here at 42. But you can see the path where he could be a legit NFL starter and playmaker. It's just, uh, you know, I, I still need to see more from him. Yeah, I, I agree. The the looseness of the the route running. He, he's a he's a good athlete and good size, good traits, and it's just one of those guys. It's just like you said, maybe just needs reps. Uh, right. It's always this. That always seems to be a spot for that type of guy. That's like this guy looks like he should be a first rounder, but he doesn't really look at playing like one. So, uh, right, right, early but, third. You know, it, <laughs> you know, like, we, I'm going to put him right there. In some ways, you know, there's some George Pickens there. You know, like right, where right, it's right. just you see the talent. Like it's not hard to see the talent, but it's just can he be more consistent? Can he be? a a detail you know what it takes to be an nfl receiver and not every guy's capable of that but you know you you see the talent and get you excited yeah it's uh reminds me of a little bit of like terrace marshall a little bit uh the yeah there you go the, that, that's kind of like how i'm viewing them right now so cap off maybe the rest of the offense i don't believe there's any running backs in your top no 50. no i no well, so backs. i've i've got a. Uh, on Thursday, I've got an article coming out of you know the twelve or fifteen players that I hated leaving off uh, yeah. of this, and a couple of running backs didn't make it on there. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll let people re- read the article yeah, to find out who they are. But yeah, we in the history of the NFL draft, only once has there been a running back or a, a year where a running back did not go top fifty. Uh, this could be one of those years. We'll see. I don't. There's not a slam dunk top fifty pick in this mix, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, all it takes is one team to you know, see the talent of one of these guys and have the need and, and pull the trigger. So yeah, we'll have to see on that one. People keep asking me who I like and I'm just like, eh, you know, <laughs> just keep going. Like there's a lot of, what are like super role players? And I, I <laughs> right, just kind of right. leave it at that. Good for a committee. Like uh, that's kind of been my, my grab bag answer. Cause it's just like, there's like a 10 guys. I feel like I've tiered the same. So right. I just want to, I want to really dive into it as a season. And that's going to be big on testing and everything too. So, and a lot of uh, NFL teams that they, they do a committee, you know, they, yeah. unless you have a Nick Chubb or, you know, an Eckler, you know, even, but even those guys, they'll, they'll get really, spelled. It's, so it's, it's like a six, really, it seems like to be, even if you have a dude, it's really mm-hmm. the kind of 65, 35 split nowadays. Like that's kind of right. what it is. And so you you need a two, like it's, mm-hmm. it's coming back. Running games coming back. These guys better catch and pass protect because I'm just watching all these NFL offenses and NFL, how NFL defenses are challenging right now. And I'll yeah. tell you what, if you they think your running back can't protect, they're going to bring it <laughs> yep. every single snap. And they're going to say, oh, you can't, this guy won't get an explosive, so we can just do this, this, and this. So that right. running back is becoming important as long as having a couple good ones. And then just the offensive tackle class, uh, you have, mm-hmm. uh, I already mentioned Alt as OT2. Uh, JC Latham from Alabama is in your top 10, offensive tackle three. I, I really like him, so I totally get that. I like that one, two, three as well. Um, and then OT four was Mims, and then five you have Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, yep. and then uh, you got a couple of Oregon guys, well, different Oregon's, I, or <laughs> I should say, uh, up there as well. But do you want to just uh, break down maybe some new names or risers in the tackle class because it is a really fun class. Yeah, it is, and I, I think there were what, ten total offensive linemen that made the cut. Um, but yeah, a tackle 
one or just in general, one of the players that has taken the biggest jump this year uh, is Talise Fuaga, the the right tackle at Oregon State, who is one of the best run blockers in the nation. Mm-hmm. And then in pass pro, I mean, he does enough. His hands are so good; they're so stiff, but in a good way. You know, yeah, yeah. really <laughs> stiff hands where he's keeping guys at bay. Um, I, there are times where he forgets his feet. You know, he'll he'll react with his hands, and then his feet are uh, you know a millisecond late to catch up. So it just needs to stay on the same page. But I, I think he's moved himself into the the top fifty mix where you see, okay, this guy can be a starter for us and and make us better. Um, a lot of offensive linemen on this group, tackles yeah. well represented. Um, so is edge rusher, which you know we've talked about edge rusher a lot uh, over the last few months as. You know, it's we're missing that dude at the top, but you know, there's a lot of quality mm-hmm. guys in this in this group that maybe aren't gonna win you or you know they don't necessarily have Pro Bowls in their future, but you really like what they what they bring your defensive line. And so, um, one of those risers has been Chris Braswell from Alabama. I mean, you, you can turn on that Alabama tape to watch Dallas Turner, uh, but good luck doing it without noticing uh, Braswell and what what he's doing. Uh, just a really, he's not, doesn't have as, he's not as slippery as Turner, doesn't have the same type of speed, but he, he brings more power. His ability to convert that speed to power is really impressive. Um, and just, I think every tape I've watched of Braswell, there's some type of splash play where it's a strip sack or, um, you know, making a key stop on third down. I mean, he's, he's been really impressive. So this edge group, I think there's what, nine, nine edge rushers made the cut. So a few new names, um, that maybe didn't make it or weren't really on the radar uh, in the summer, but guys that have really risen here in the first two months. Yeah, and Dallas Turner's your your still your edge one, or is your edge one now? Yeah, uh, and, he is. And, and I kind of agree with you that this edge class has a lot of kind of what I think is like like really good starter types, but I don't know, like we say, yeah. not that ace, not that what we say mm-hmm. the X receiver. There's a lot of Z receivers of the DN class. Right. That's what right. it kind of feels to me, or slot guys. We're missing um, that one A number yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, this guy's getting 10 rusher. sacks, year in, year out kind of guy. I see a lot right. of more of those six to eight sack guys with they're good against the run or just nice, you know, not that, like you said, they're not bad or anything like that. But um, also, you, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, but I also just noticed uh, another Alabama corner uh, outside mm-hmm. of Kool-Aid is in your top 50. Terry and Arnold, um, yeah. who top needs to be more disciplined, but <laughs> yeah. he is he's a former five-star guy, and you can absolutely tell why. Uh, the way he moves, the movement skills of that size, um, he's one of the most competitive corners, if not the most competitive corner in this draft. Um, so I just when you have those ingredients, the competitiveness, the athletic traits, and a good-sized player – I, you're going to bet on that at some point in the top 50 picks and just figure, okay, do we trust this guy to continue to learn and develop? And as long as the answer is yes, you're going to make that bet because he has a lot of what NFL teams covet at the position. So uh, Arnold makes the cut. Um, That's a there's quarterback, a, quarterback movement uh, or it's yeah, kind of definitely. a little shakeup. Is this a new quarterback one for you? Um, you I had think, him in yeah, the I think mix so, before, yeah, but I yes. think this is kind of your first kind cool. of like Kool Aid was cornerback one yes. in preseason. I mean, I still like Kool Aid. Oh yeah, um, you know I, he's still in the top twenty mix. He just, I don't know. Nate this Wiggins, feels more fair for him. You have him eighty yeah. overall. That as opposed to a top ten guy, this feels more fair. He feels more like right. a middle first round type. Yeah, I didn't have any corners make the top twelve. Yeah. Um, but you know, Nate Wiggins, Cooper DeGene, Kool Aid McKinstry, they're all to me in that mid first really round like range. Them. <laughs> 
all three all, of these guys. All I three, like. yes, yes. I mean, Nate Wiggins, you wish maybe were a little bit bigger, stronger, um, but he's so sudden and the movement skills. I mean, just watching him against Florida State, he was out for a couple weeks. Uh, gave up a touchdown on the Miami tape, but overall, he played a pretty good game. Um, he he played well against NC State, even though again that was a loss and. The defense as a whole didn't play great, but Wiggins had a good game. Uh, Cooper DeGene's just, I mean, he's a football player. He is. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, the, the the punt return against Minnesota uh, yeah. didn't count, but you know what? It's still on tape. It happened. Yes, it is. Uh, that will matter. It did not uh, cut it's, off. That no, tape did not exactly. cut off. <laughs> uh, aside from the special teams, yeah, what he offers on uh, on defense, it, yeah. I think, is awesome. So he, in uh, modern NFL, he is like a, a, yes. a defense coordinator's dream. Like he's absolutely. Like, they're gonna love him as a chess piece. Yeah, maybe the best run support defensive back in this entire class uh but he's also going to test off the charts and be a guy that you you trust outside on an island um denzel burke from ohio state uh made the top yes, 50 after last year was a disaster for him yes. i still I, I i put him put him too high just because he he, he is very volatile all corners are volatile but yeah. especially with his back to the ball um it, it just doesn't have a great feel for it um but i think he's he's good size player. He's aggressive. Uh, he has the athletic testing that you're going to want to see. So I, he makes the cut here. A Mac corner uh, made the I list as well. I was about to ask this. So, yes. uh, yeah, there's a lot of good uh, good corners. I think how many total corners made it? Eight, Eight. I think. Uh, yeah, Kamari Lasseter from Georgia. He made the cut as well. He's, he's one of those guys who's – I don't know what he's going to test. If he's going to test like a true you know, ace, if he's going to be that type of guy. But man, he you you listen to the Georgia staff talk about him, and it, it, they say he's the one of the best leaders on the team, one of the best competitors. And you watch his tape, and you see a guy that just doesn't lose very often. Uh, so I don't know that he's going to run a four three. I don't know that he's going to test necessarily off the charts. But I think he's good enough in those areas, and plus you add in the rest of it, and he's a guy that might not go top twenty, but somewhere in the top fifty picks. I think he he makes sense as a number two corner for a team. Yeah, yeah, like you said, eight corners and a, a couple of these guys I've, I've watched. I, I need to watch Arnold. And I'll mm. tell you what, I have not watched Toledo's defense this year. So that is a new name. Hey, for me. They're, uh, we're taping this on Tuesday, but they play yeah. tonight. So, uh, oh, yeah, perfect. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Hit, yes. hit so the DVR uh, after Trick or Treat. Check, check it out. I think uh, uh, Paul Chris' brother used to be the GM or the uh, commissioner of the MAC, and he was the one oh, that wow. pushed for the, the mid midweek games. To Smart like get man. more eyeballs on it. Yeah. So that I remember having conversations about that. Also, keeping in the DB room, a new safety one, I believe. Yes. Yeah, safety one from my initial top 50 didn't make the cut. I uh, see that. I was looking for Mr. Kitchens. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, Kitchens, I think he's a good player. Yeah. He's, you know, if you go by the stat sheet, he's having a good year. He's got, I think, three picks. Um, he's top three on the team in tackles. But, I go back to that North Carolina tape. Um, he just, there was, it's the plays that he gives up, not necessarily that he makes that really bother me. And so yes. he's an and NFL he's, player. There's no doubt, but well, how good giving up the players, that's the other thing. I don't yeah, think he's a, a that's tier my one. Question. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I think he's, he's going to run. You're a gambler and you, that's aren't a, you don't have recover ability to recover. That's a scary world to live in. <laughs> I can throw on plays where, you know, he just, he takes the wrong angle uh -huh. and the running back runs away from him. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it, forget that he misjudged the angle. He can't close the gap once he does make that mistake. Uh, and same thing in coverage. If he bites, if he takes uh, a false step, 
usually it's over. And so I need to trust my safeties. Right. I think he's a good player. I think yep, there's same. plenty of things to like about him. He's but a two guy to me, though. That's Yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. I think there's the plays that he has given up that worry me for that NFL transition. So he did not make the cut here yeah. on uh, Top 50 2.0. No, but who did? <laughs> who did at the well, safety spot? Because this name is uh, – I, be- I have not watched Tyler Newbin, I believe, is your safety one from Minnesota. Yeah, and, and he was – let me see. On the first top 50, he was 40. 40, okay. So, yeah, he moved up just a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, seeing him in tears after that Iowa game, after they, they beat Iowa – Tells you how much he wants this. I yeah. mean, he is a, a guy the coaches rave about, um, but he looks like a receiver whenever the ball's in the air. I mean, he is the body control, the ability to, to make a break and go make a play. It's really impressive. Um, I, I I like Tyler Newbin as as this year's top safety. I, Kalen Bullock, USC safety. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to have a USC defensive player on this top 50 with as bad as that unit has been. Oh, boy. But Bullock is uh, the speed that he brings, the range. It reminds me so much of Trevor Morig. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, com- coming out a couple years ago was a second round pick to the Raiders. I don't know that he's necessarily lived up to being a second round pick, but that stylistically, that that type of player where you see the range, you see the ability to affect the game uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I think he just sneaks in there uh, in, in the top fifty. So um, yeah, it's uh, not a great safety class. Um, yeah. I. Talking about the biggest fallers from the preseason, this defensive tackle class uh, as a whole has been really disappointing. I think in my initial top 50, I had like six maybe defensive tackles make it. This update, there's only two. So I think I had five defensive tackles fall out of the top 50, one new one, new, one new name. So it's just a defensive tackle class that I had a lot of hope for that it just has not panned out. So um, that is an interesting part of this, uh, is just that defensive tackle class, yeah. not maybe defensive tackle safety. I feel like those two positions that get picked on a lot come draft time as positions that maybe aren't at the level of what we want it to be. And right. this year might be another one of those years. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, even continuing the spine, like you only have one linebacker in your top 50 and that's Barry yeah. Carter from Clemson. Yeah. So it's, and even I, Carter, I work, he's, he's so small and that just, yeah. it's, it's tough because he. I love his range. He yep, can yep. avoid he can tackles or, or blocks and make and make the tackle. But yeah, he's a really good athlete. But he's not going to be for everybody. You know, can he be a JOK type of linebacker? Uh, you know, who's going to outplay what his measurables say and, yeah. and be a playmaker? I I think. What sp- what are his measurables right now? I think he's. I don't have official because uh, he says he's a true it's, junior, but he's okay. listed at. Buh, 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 buh. I think six, six one, foot two thirty. I mean, yeah. but he'll probably be five eleven and change. Um, and short arms. To Terrell Bernard. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a good one out of Baylor. Uh, yeah, you know, playing for the Bills. That I think that one could make some sense. Um, yeah, that's that's body type wise. That's the one. Right, that kinda, right. Comes to but mind. again, that Carter or um, that was a third round pick. He was a third round pick. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. So Just where you take these guys. Yeah, yeah. Jok was a second rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's usually those guys don't go in the first round. That's why he was not a top 32 player for me in this top 50, but still was good enough to make it. So um, that's, that's what you always got to remember. It's like, usually there's 15 to 20 ish, you know, 12 to 20 ish guys that you're mm -hmm. like, no, this is a first round guy. And then after that, it's like, no, this is more like tiered the same, (laughs) like 20 to 40 ish is kind of the same tier for a lot of things. So that's what I always have to remember as well. It's interesting getting feedback on this from, you know, different people that I trust in the league and just like, 
uh, oh, yeah, I'm glad you have this guy here. He's being talked about way too high or this and that. It's just, it's just interesting to hear the differing opinions about where these players are because, and especially from area scouts, because they don't know the lay of the land. Like they don't, right. it's their a Midwest bubble. scout has no idea what the rest of the country looks like. It's a great point. Um, just going based off, he, he's going based off of what he, you know, if he hears something in the media or, you know, if he talks with other area scouts uh, from those different parts of the country. So it is interesting when you talk to these area scouts to get their feedback on players uh, because they know them better than anybody. Yep. But they also don't know the lay of the land elsewhere to know if a guy is at 20, is that maybe too high or too low? So it's just in their mind when they think of a player, um, you know, this is where they envisioned them and compared to, you know, where they might stack compared to these other guys. So it's an interesting exercise yeah. getting that type of feedback. That's what's, uh, I used to be one of my favorite meetings was, kind of early april give or take and there would be some like the regional scouts who are on top mm. of the area scouts right. as far as hierarchy um we would kind of cross watch some guys and i remember mm. one was bud dupree when i was there but there's some other guys that we watched but they just were giving other opinions okay so we'll have the we'll have the west coast scout and then we're gonna have a pro scout watch it and just kind of like let's see i remember dupree being one of the guys but there's a few guys but that was just so funny because i remember just the area scout Rewatching it and it was a, a cut up I put together and he kind of mm. looked at me he was like because he had a high grade on him and he was like did you, did you include any of the good plays and I was like <laughs> and I remember being like hey this I went through four games this is just what I saw sorry like you know I put together right. 50 plays for everybody and I just but that one's just vivid in my brain because the area scouts like huh Huh. <laughs> like maybe was I too high on this guy? But that one's just burned into my brain. I also just want to say too, just continuing what we started with the show with talking about, you know, Montez Sweat and maybe mm-hmm. just all these edge trades right now is with this draft class and this edge class, not maybe having that dude, like a team like the Bears or, you know, I was talking about last week with Robert, you know, like the Falcons or even right. the Jaguars, these teams that not so much the Bears, but maybe picking in the back half of the second round. That's why or the first round, that's why that Chase Young trade, why I was like, if you think you're a legit team and you have a quarterback and all that, like I would be willing to trade at first because not, not this edge class doesn't have that. That's ace. exactly but, right. And that's, so that's why you can be a little loose with these picks because just looking at this class this next year. Let, let's just say that the second round pick is pick 36 uh, right. in, in the second round. Number 36 on my board is Jack Sawyer, edge rusher, Ohio State, who we both like. He's both a good player. Like. He's not Montez Sweat. No, and he's so not. <laughs> obviously, part of it is you have to give Sweat that contract. And, yes, you know, Sweat's, Sweat's got a lot of leverage right now. Uh, but I, when you're a team like Chicago and you're building towards something, okay, it's not just about – yeah, exactly. You need good players. You need impact players. And at an edge rush position, the guy you're going to get – now, obviously – it kind of backs you into a corner because yes, you know, it takes every other position off the board that you could have drafted there at 36, Mm -hmm. but we know edge rusher is a need position for this team. They're going to have two picks in the top seven. And I don't know that they feel necessarily too excited about drafting one of these edge rushers in the top seven. So, you know, I, I, I totally understand their thought process as they, cause you know, they're, they're scouting forward. They're putting together a top 50 like this and saying, okay, who realistically would be there for us at that position in the early second round, yes. they looked at those options and said, okay, Montez Sweat's looking a lot better, even if it does mean this high price of giving up a second round pick, an early second round pick, mm-hmm. and then also uh, you know, having to pay him. So that, that's a great point. Totally understand based off of what this edge class is looking like and yep. who could potentially be there. 
Yeah. And it's sometimes when you, I mean, when <laughs> you, you need players and that means you probably didn't draft well or the previous regime didn't, mm. or they missed out or injuries happen and everything. So it's like, like usually when you have cap room, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the thing you can use it. You, if you have the yes. resources, you could, it's still okay to use. You don't want to like build the whole team out of this. I mean, this be like your number one move to do. And that creates so many sacrifices and everything and opportunity costs. But like for their position, I kind of can justify it or a team that wants to be aggressive for one of these Washington edge rushers or even a Josh Uche or any of those other guys that are kind of right. being dangled out right now. I, I just think that's kind of why I'm. I thought this year and this cycle, looking at the next year's draft class, that made more sense to be aggressive than maybe yes. I would look at it in previous years. So, yep, 100%. And one name maybe outside your top 50 that maybe just keep an eye on that maybe it was like, or maybe I'm already ruining your article for a couple of days later. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, because there, there definitely were a few names that I hated to leave off. Um, I would probably have to say, bu, bu, bu. no, let's stick with North Carolina. What about Tez Walker? Uh, oh. I couldn't put an 11th receiver on there, but uh, Devontae Walker, definitely a name. <laughs> yeah. Devontae Walker, he's fun. I mean, I, I hope he's okay after that. It's just a brutal way for that Georgia Tech game to end. I mean, May was moving the ball. Tez Walker, uh, you know, got a, a, a hit that he didn't see coming. Fumbled the football, and unfortunately, that's how it ended for North Carolina. Um, but, you know, he has a lot of talent. When you have a guy with that size, the ball skills, um, I mean, doesn't put the ball on the ground. He's got speed. So there's a lot to like about him as a potential second-round pick, a guy that could, you know, you you could foresee developing into a starter for you. Yeah, there's a couple a couple other good receivers. No, that, that yeah. fun offense class, which I'm sure people will be excited it about. It is, yeah. Fan, Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. I think, you yeah. know, he's... The Debo Samuel comparisons are going to be loud throughout the draft <laughs> process, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, but he's just he's a running back playing wide receiver, and it's a lot of fun to watch him play. Oh, no, I love that. No, this was yeah. this was great, Dane. Thank you for letting us go pick by pick or choice by choice. Can't wait to. Try. I, I just I, I couldn't wait to talk with you after I made the move I, at number one. So I, Dane I Dane sent me the. I thought we were going in blind, everybody listening, and then I didn't see our Slack chat, and I, Dane sent me the list about an hour before we recorded, and so I actually made it more fun because then I saw it about ten minutes before we recorded, and so it kind of you guys got to hear my excitement going into this show, but That's I. It. I love it. Starting at the top, even at number one, I, I knew it would be a good one. Starting once yep. I saw that new number one name, but no, this was a great discussion, Dane. You do so much good work, so this was so much fun. Make sure to check out Dane's big board, updated big board, coming out as you're probably listening to this. You can read it right now. That's synergy. That's product. That's corporation synergy right there. That's how you do it. That's tie-ins. But thank you to everyone listening to Prospects of Pros. We'll be here every Wednesday. We'll see you guys next time. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.